You're watching the community MMA. What up? What up? This your boy Chris Cross. Checking in. This is the community MMA. And man, man, things are wild right now in terms of the news, in terms of the updates. How do you decipher the UFC news? I mean, there's reports of blockbuster fights all day, every day, and most of them never happen. Today, you got multiple divisions linked. You got the featherweight champion wanting to rematch with the lightweight champion. You got the lightweight champion wanting to fight the welterweight champion. Who knows what's happening with Hamza and his next fight. And that really is the main news. I mean, who is Hamza fighting next? And w when you look at these reports, you know, the first thing you see, UFC's Hamza Chamaya versus Paulo Costa fight rumor is a giant mess. And as you go down, Hamza makes surprise UFC 294 call out despite Paulo Costa reports. Paulo Costa for Hamza versus Hamza targeted for UFC 294 after Costa's UFC 291 bout falls through. And none of this stuff is confirmed. These are just reports coming out uh, from multiple news outlets, all speculation. Paulo Costa versus Hamza Chamayev reportedly targeted for UFC 294, but Hamza has better opponent. And, you know, you got all these things happening and you're trying to decipher the news. And as Hamza fans, we're just really trying to figure out, okay, who's he fighting? When's he fighting? If he doesn't fight at UFC 294, there's going to be a major uproar. Right, it could have been Jerry. It could have been Paulo Costa. Then it turned into another opponent. Then it's Jerry Cannonier, and now we're back to Paulo Costa again. But of course, Hamza says, "I have a better opponent." After calling Paulo Costa a bum, so your guess is as good as mine. I, I don't know what the best case scenario would be. It just seems like we're farther and farther uh, away from a potential title fight for Hamza. You know, as I'm reading this news, I'm excited. I'm like, okay, he's going to fight Paulo Costa. And then you read into the Twitter war and you're like, okay, that's what Paulo Costa is saying. The UFC hasn't confirmed that he's not fighting uh, Iskra Maliskarov or Ikram Maliskarov at UFC 291. Costa says he's got a new contract. He's spreading news that he's going to be fighting Hamza, which guys piggyback off of Hamza a lot. Don't you ever under figure, try to figure out why that is? This guy is not even a contender. But yet everybody's piggybacking off of his name like he's Conor McGregor back in the day. Remember, everyone's speculating that I'm fighting Conor. I'm fighting Conor. He's fighting Conor. Let me fight Conor. Because if you say Conor McGregor's name, you get in the news. And that's now that's how Hamza's name is now. I think it's highly unlikely that Hamza fights Paulo Costa at UFC 294. It's more likely that he fights a Jared Cannonier or we get a surprise fight. But backing up, you know, you got UFC featherweight champion Volkanovski. He wants to fight Islam Mahachev in a rematch. I don't see Mahachev doing that because there's not much to gain there other than just defending the belt again. So that's probably not going to happen. We believe uh, that Colby Covington will fight Leon Edwards. But you got uh, other guys jumping in there too. Hamza's calling out Leon Edwards. He'll come down to welterweight for the title in Abu Dhabi. You got Islam Mahachev calling out Leon Edwards. Suddenly, suddenly Leon Edwards is the man because he's a champion. 
You see, so you got all these things going on. You got rumors that Hamza might go to light heavyweight. Now that the belt is vacant, it could be an easier path. You go in there and get one win, and the UFC might just leave that thing vacant for you. And that's why I think, truly, as I said it in the previous podcast, Hamza Chamaev should be calling out Magomed Ankalaev right now. And I know that's a stretch, but if he goes in there and beats Ankalaev, he's fighting probably Alex Pereira for the vacant belt or Jan Blahovich. While we're still waiting on Rockets to return, we're waiting on Jamal Hill to return. That's going to be a long time. You got Yuri. We'll be back in the mix by the end of the year. But the belt is wide open right now, and there's no clear-cut favorite because all the top guys are injured. So go capture the belt in the light heavyweight division. Then do what you want after that. You don't need to fight Jamal Hill right now or Yuri Prohaska. You can come back and do that later. Go get the other belts after that. I don't know. But there's widespread speculation on who Hamza is going to fight next. And again, your guess is as good as mine. Please believe it. Let me know what you think because I, if anyone could figure out this madness, this uh, of speculation and false reporting, let me know who he's fighting because I don't think anyone on the planet really knows other than Hamza and maybe Jared Cannonier or whoever the next opponent is. That's just the reality of the situation. Now McGregor's deep in the news for different reasons, but the biggest reason to me is what happened last night. I about lost my mind when Team McGregor finally, finally, finally pulled off a victory over Team Chandler, uh, even though he's 7-1 and one in those eight fights. But this is how it looked as it appeared that Conor McGregor would get swept, but he staved it off. Rico picking up the pace now. Hunter looks like he's slowing down. Finished strong around one, but it's becoming more of an even fight. So Team McGregor might have a chance here. Last chance, right? 0 for 7. Oh, and a nice uppercut by Rico. And he comes in with a big right. Hunter's in trouble. Leg kick. Another right. Oh, now he takes one. Okay. Okay. Hunter landed another body shot. Or excuse me, Rico, I mean. Rico with a jab. Okay, Rico. He's building confidence right now. Leg leg kick. Nice. Boy, and he's breaking down Hunter now. Big right. Hunter goes down. Boo! <laughs> McGregor's running around the octagon. <laughs> Dang, and finally a veteran goes down. McGregor's got some with Rico DiCiulio. Wow. <laughs> hey, McGregor needed that, man. He hit him with the right and then came down with both hands like boom and ended it, man. So finally, Team McGregor picks up a win in the last fight. At least he's got one guy going to the semis, one fight away from a final. So... You know, we'll see how this plays out. I mean, Chandler's got seven fighters, but either way, he'll be down to three, maybe four. If all those guys win, he'll have four guys in the finals, but McGregor's got a chance here. All right, so Rico DiCiulio, number four seed, beats the number one seed from Poirier. Uh, so major upset here. Rico DiCiulio gets the win. And finally, Team McGregor has some action. 
Yeah, so it's crazy. I mean, McGregor found it very easily could have got swept, right? Team Chandler won seven of the eight fights. And now there's talk, you know, the, all this stuff is pre-recorded, right? So it's already finished. The The championship fights are set. We just don't know who it is yet because we got to watch the show every week, right? But there's already talk for next week what should happen because in one division, Chandler has all four guys in the semifinals. In the other, he's got three out of four. So they're talking about splitting up Chandler's team and giving some of those guys to McGregor, and I just don't agree with that. I, I, I think, you know, played out how it is. It's probably not the best idea that you got veterans versus prospects. You'd expect most of the veterans to win. Uh, I was surprised at DeShulio getting the win last night, especially when he came down with, boom, you know, that got me off. Uh, caused me to almost jump through the ceiling, you know, because he already dropped him, probably won the fight, and as the ref's coming in, he's coming down like, like King Kong, like ready, <laughs> ready to pound on the guy. And, you know, luckily for him, the ref jumped in at the right time. But I don't think they should be splitting up Team Chandler. I mean, Team Chandler did what he had to do and won 78 fights. Those guys should remain on Team Chandler. They should split them up and train them at separate times. But Chandler should not have to give up his team just because McGregor's team couldn't get the job done. I mean, basically, it's just, it is what it is. They should let it play out. And McGregor should have to suffer uh, the consequences, but that's not how it's going to go. Now, let's get back into UFC London. There's some big fights this week. Some people were saying this isn't a great card. I disagree. I mean, you look at some of these fights like this next one, Paul Craig versus Andre Muniz. I mean, this one and the next prediction we'll get into can go either way, but let's start out with Paul Craig. In the middleweight division of UFC of London, you got Paul Craig coming in at 16 and 6, taking on Andre Muniz, who comes in at 23 and 5. Now, Paul Craig, two inches taller at 6'3. He's 35. Muniz, 33, so very close there. Muniz has a two inch reach advantage. Paul Craig fights right handed. Muniz is a southpaw. He fights left handed. Both guys not very active in significant strikes 2.4 to 2.1 in favor of Craig, but. Nothing big there. Now, Paul Craig can land some takedowns, like one every other round, if not slightly more. Muniz lands one every round on average. Paul Craig, 50% takedown defense. That's going to be a problem. He lost to Johnny Walker by KO, Volkan Oezdemir by decision. Two really good fighters, but he beat Nikita Krylov by submission. That's a big one. He beat Jamal Hill by KO. Wow. Mauricio Shogun Rua by KO, and he submitted uh, Gat. Gazmuradad, Gazmurad, something like that, and Tigulov. I know I blew that name up. So he's 4-2 and two in the last six, but lost the last two. Just never count out Paul Craig. He's a good fighter. Muniz, 41% takedown defense. He lost to Brendan Allen by submission, but before that he beat Uriah Hall, Eric Anders, Jacare Souza, uh, Bartosi Fabinski. So, man, this is a tough one to predict because both guys are really close uh, in terms of numbers, takedown defense, takedowns, but Muniz slightly better. And I hate to go against Paul Craig. I look for any avenue to where I don't, but Andre Muniz wins more uh, times than not. He wins more than Paul Craig. He's got a higher winning percentage. I just think all those things will uh, play his way. But Paul Craig is a tough out, man, and he's beaten some really good fighters. It's tough to go against him. But Andre Muniz will edge this thing out here by decision to move to 24-5. and five. Likely on control time or control two rounds to get the win, in my opinion. Middleweight division, UFC, London. 
yeah, so uh, a good fight here, but, you know, and I do like Paul Craig. I mean, it was the same last week with Terrence McKinney. I like him too, but got to be realistic with making these predictions, and I just think Andre Muniz will get the job done. But I'm expecting a big, big fight right there, and that's like fight, what, four or five? And you're saying this isn't a big card? Any card in London is huge because the fans are going to be ecstatic. They love it. They love the UFC, just like we do in America. Make no mistake about it. Now, in the next one, another big one. You got Lerone Murphy undefeated at 12-0, and 0, but he's taking on a high-level fighter in Kula Bio, who's got just one loss. So this is going to be a huge fight to kick off the main card. And this is just the first fight of six in the main card. So when you say it's not a big card, you're not telling the truth. Let's get into it. In the featherweight division and UFC London, you got Lerone Murphy coming in at a perfect 12 and 0. Well, actually, he has one draw, so he's not perfect, but he's undefeated at 12 and 0. Kulabayo 11 and 1. Now, Kulabayo, one inch taller at 5'10. He's 29. Lerone Murphy, 31. Uh, Murphy has a one inch reach advantage, 74 to 73. Both guys stand right handed. Now, Murphy is more active, 3.6 significant strikes per minute compared uh, to just three for Kula Bio. So you're looking at about 7 to 10 significant strike difference uh, in favor of Murphy, so not a big deal. But Murphy can land like a takedown over the course of three rounds as well, while Kula Bio doesn't. Murphy, 43% takedown defense. That hasn't been great so far, but guess what? He wins, right? He's never lost. He fought uh, Zubaira Tugagov to a draw, split draw in his first fight, and that's because he gave up six takedowns. But since then, he beat Ricardo Ramos, Douglas Silva de Andrade. That was a, a big win. Makwane uh, Mirakani and Gabriel Santos. But he beat him by just split decision. So this is why all eyes are on this fight for Lerone Murphy. Uh, he's a slight favorite, but people are hesitant here because of the close fight in his last fight. But here's the deal. If he's going to fall, fine. But the guy hasn't lost yet, right? So I have no reason to believe he's going to lose his fight. Kulabayo uh, has lost to Charles. Actually fought Charles Jordan to a split draw. Not bad. And his only loss is to Jalen Turner. So that ups his stock a little bit. But still, I like Lerone Murphy to pull this thing out and remain undefeated. In my opinion, mainly on significant strikes. Look for him to lead by 15 or 20 significant strikes here. He'll pick up the pace after his last fight, which was, again, a split decision. So very close to losing so i think murphy picks it up here to go to 13 and oh featherweight division ufc london yeah so how do you go against a guy that has no losses it's just very very hard to do but kula bio is for real too uh, you know and, and, and that's again when people say this is a weak card i disagree now when you get into tom aspinall and miley mccann at the end yeah these are softball fights for them you know they're gonna hit a home run they're gonna get big finishes and win in front of the London crowd, and that'll make it a good night because that's what you want to see, the hometown heroes winning. But the other 13 fights, yeah, you heard it right, there's 15 total fights in this card, you know, having a rough week getting the predictions done, but we're almost there. But you know we got Tom Aspinall, we got Meatball Molly. She's gonna, She's got an easy fight, easy fight. Better get the finish in front of the home crowd after a lot a loss in the last fight so she wins this one she's won three of her last four three of those in london so the ufc knows what it's doing in promoting uh these athletes uh that are like hometown hometown heroes in london please believe it 
as we get ready to sign off, who is Hamza fighting? That's the question. Question we've been asking for over a year now since he beat, uh, or, you know, one fight, two minutes in over a year since he beat Kevin Holland. And people are still upset with the Nate Diaz thing, but listen, he would have dropped Nate Diaz. I mean, just destroy Nate Diaz. Come on, man. And I'm all about War Diaz, but Hamza would have destroyed Nate Diaz at any weight class. Had no desire to make weight. So it is what it is. But we'll keep you posted, man. You know we're on it. If a fight's announced, we will be here immediately. But for now, this your boy Chris Cross will be back after UFC London this Saturday night. Hope you have a great day. And God bless. Peace.